right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to D-Pod. As you, as you can maybe notice, uh, we have a new intro music that we're trying out. So, um, so here we are for another episode. And today we're going to start up a new category of episodes. All right. So this is something we're calling Behind the Staff or BTS for short. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, so um, today our first guest for BTS is uh, Nicholas Shu. All right, Nicholas is one of our new staff members who moved here from Berkeley with his wife, Jeanette, and uh, they joined our team this past summer. And um, Nicholas and I go um, back because um, I knew him as an undergrad and he, um, and he knew me as a, a younger leader. So uh, maybe in today's interview, we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, welcome, Nicholas, to the show. And uh, you want to say hi real quick? Hello, y'all. How's it going? Hello, hello. All right. Nicholas is, I think, uh, kind of getting used to the mic setup yeah. here. He was like, oh, it's oh. Like weird hearing myself. Yeah. Is it still All weird right. for you? Yeah, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> so, Nicholas, we're on the fourth floor of Greenwood, which is our normal studio uh, for this podcast. Um, how are you feeling right now? No. When I went up to the fourth floor, I was like, what does he mean, go up to the fourth floor? And then I saw this huge setup, and it's like overlooking the uh, entire like Chicago campus. It looks pretty nice, yeah. yeah. Very, very bright, nice Saturday morning. I think it's a great day to record. Yeah, maybe I'll, we'll take a picture afterward and post it in the show notes or something. But yeah, like... Um, if you've never been to the fourth floor of my place, um, it's, it's just like a little roof terrace, but then there's a little bit of indoor space that we're basically using up uh, for all the podcast equipment. And uh, right now it's, it's a beautiful, sunny uh, Saturday morning. And uh, right outside my window, you can actually see North Bourne. So um, yeah, that's where we're at. So, well, uh, Nicholas, so today the goal is, uh, well, through, through these times, we're going to try to get to know the stories behind some of the staff um, so that our, maybe the other staff also, but you know the students and whoever's interested can kind of get to know uh, the staff team here um, at uh, Chicago Grace Point Chicago Hyde Park. So um, I wanted to just start by exploring kind of your journey to faith. I think uh, that's something that's important for all of us mm-hmm. to know about each other. Uh, so let's just start there, huh? Let's. Uh, w- why don't we talk about like what was your spiritual background like before coming to college? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so as some of you may know or may not know, I actually came into college as an agnostic. Um, you know, there, my parents weren't Christian at all. And then when I like was in high school, middle school, faith was just nothing that I really considered. Um, actually, Christianity was totally a, a mythical story for me. Um, I didn't believe that Jesus existed. I didn't believe anything about um, Genesis. Like it seemed like a, a fable when I was reading it. Um, a lot younger and then um for me like normal life was just try to do well at your job do well in academics and basically pursue that but in terms of a higher being i mean i had no real like understanding of there being a higher being but i couldn't say for certain because i didn't have that knowledge of course so um, i left that open and sometimes i would do these like uh superstitious praying like oh if i do good then something good will happen kind of like karma in that way um but yeah not really regarding there being a personal god at all so yeah that was me before coming into college hmm. yeah i think um, people have kind of <clears throat> like various uh degrees of you know not knowing about christianity or not believing and but if i remember correctly um there was a christmas bible study that i gave when you were in college 
and that was it's, it's almost Christmas time now. Actually, we're having a Christmas service this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember you came up to me, or, or we talked afterward, and you're like, oh, "I had no idea that." Christmas is about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that conversation? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I always thought it was about Santa Claus, St. Nick, you know, th that story. where Because my name's Nick. I, I resonate with that story. So then I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. But then uh, when I heard it was about Jesus, I'm like, oh, whoa, that's totally not what I've learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's So that's so crazy that you um, have come from a place of, yeah, basically virtually no knowledge about Christianity. And to now here you are a, a church planter out in Chicago. Uh, doing college ministry and sharing the gospel with people. So uh, that's wild. So um, yeah, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But um, so what What was your, like, if any, like, was there any exposure to Christianity at all? Like what, while you were in high school, like, or, or I guess growing up, like what, what were the touch points that you did have? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I actually did go to some church services, um, but they, I guess it was pretty infrequent. Um, I, one of the first instances I can remember um, was in middle school when one of my friends invited me to one of his church services on Sunday. Um, because we were pretty good friends, um, I would go over and he promised that we would play um, Battle Frontier on his Xbox. So that's why I went, <laughs> so I could play the Xbox because I didn't have my own um, gaming um, <laughs> Xbox console at that time. And so that, that was a good way to uh, play video games <laughs> while my parents were away. So yeah, that's when I started coming out to like some of his services. I think I or his church services. I came out like uh, probably two times after that, and then um, he also showed me this like um, they call it a youth group. I didn't know too much about a youth group, um, and I would go to the fun activities pretty much um, on Wednesday nights right after my swimming, um, and because swimming ended at seven p.m., um, they already had their Bible study apparently. Um, from 6 to 7, and then 7 p.m. to onward was a uh, fun activity. So my experience of youth group was just pretty much fun activities and not so much about uh, the Bible itself. And so that was my main exposure. And then in high school, uh, because I, like, moved to another school, I wasn't with any of the people that I was with um, in my middle school, and I didn't really do anything related to church or Christianity at all. Well, so... So your friend, do you know if your friend was trying to evangelize to you, like by offering the video game or was he, he just needed someone to play video games with? <laughs> you know, I, I think it was, he needed someone to play video games with because the game we were playing was a two player game. So, and, and then his sister is like eight years older and doing actual work. So we, we, we as delinquents wanted to uh, just mess around and have fun. <laughs> That's funny. His, his, uh. His sister had already grown up and wouldn't play video games with him, so he brought you to church. Well, hey, God can use anything, man. So, <laughs> so that early exposure was key. Well, I, I know that you um, played a lot of video games, and I think that's uh, maybe a topic for another episode. Maybe yeah, you yeah. and Agape, we need to have you guys on at the same time, and oh, boy. we need to talk about <laughs> it. We need to explore your past, you yeah. know, with regards to video games and um, kind of how that affected your guys' lives, what you guys think about it now. Because now I know now you don't play video games, yeah. and I, I know you you and Agape both went through kind of a, a period with regards to kind of struggling with that and thinking about those issues. So yeah, I think yeah. that'll be a fascinating episode. So, um, coming soon, coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon. So let's, let's kind of fast forward to college then. Okay. So, uh, so here you are, um, tell us a little bit about like the journey into college, like, you know, Berkeley, did you want to go to Berkeley kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about just journey to college and then, and then like, how did church start? Cause you know, I mean, you didn't really have much background. You didn't have much motivation. So 
Uh, how did you end up in church and college? Yeah. Um, so high school is when I actually started to um, take my academics more seriously. Um, I noticed that I was falling behind in a lot of my ma- uh, math classes. So then what I did my freshman year was I took two additional community college math courses um, after school. Um, in addition to my math courses that I was taking in high school. So then I would be able to get ahead in math. And then I also did um, some self-studying for like different AP courses as well in order to get higher AP scores and um, also take more APs. And the whole point of that was just to um, catch up on what I thought I was already um, missing since uh, my middle school. And so I had this really strong desire and drive to basically really do well in life um, and try to get people's approval um, through academics and then also through sports as well. I did a lot of swimming. Um, so I joined the the swim team um, my sophomore year, but I had been in the swim club since seventh grade. And so because people were as I, I mean, like I was considered one of the fast ones, but re- realistically speaking, our, our school wasn't that fast. <laughs> but um yeah but somehow like yeah I, I was one of the top swimmers there and then they're getting attention there and so i thought like berkeley was like that um that one of those dream schools i mean actually the real the real dream school was uh stanford but uh, boo yeah. stanford boo, boo. stanford <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh because they, they they missed out on having me um yeah, I joined Berkeley <laughs> instead. <laughs> but yeah, I was pretty excited when I got Berkeley. Actually, um, when I was uh, applying to different colleges and um, some of the places that I was getting rejected by, like uh, UCLA, I was like getting pretty upset because at that point I was like, oh man, am I going to get like one of the, the nice colleges that are like pretty cheap? But then um, like comparatively, because I was in state, uh, in-state tuition is a lot better. Um, but when I got Berkeley, I was like, oh, yes, I got I got my uh, my dream school, um, one of my dream schools. And then even the oh, there, there's another story. I was doing uh, the, the major that I chose bioengineering. Um, I chose that because I I looked up online. What's the major that pays the highest? And bioengineering was one of them. So I also wanted to make a lot of money, too. So that, that factored into, um, yeah, my, my high school experience. It was uh, striving for the best in academics and career and then uh, social relationships as well um so then when i went to college that 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 was my uh, my main driver as well i wanted to do well in school uh try to find and set my path for my career and then also make a lot of friends as well um and yeah the church to me was like the last thing on my mind it wasn't something that like i really considered um i mean it, I didn't even know what church really was, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I, I like, uh, would go with my friends to, like, uh, try different experiences um, and pretty much, like, um, just have fun. I, th- I think I was just, like, indulging in the flesh a lot um, during my freshman year, not really considering uh, too much about, like, um, deeper questions, like, what is life? What What is my um, purpose? Or, like, what happens after death? Those were, like far far in the back of my mind at that time yeah hmm. wow i didn't know the thing about bioengineering and um and how you looked up what what makes the most money yeah and then, and then you also mentioned how can i get the good education for like the cheapest amount so money like was really on your mind i guess yeah yeah and then i guess like even even throughout your college days so then a lot of your studying and striving was for your future job and exactly and your future kind of security with regards to money 
Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I wanted to be a doctor at one point, but then I realized I couldn't handle blood at all. I mean, doctor would have been the best major. I, I think at that time when I was looking it up, it was like 200K salary. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like double the six figures. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. Okay. So, um, so that's a little bit of your background, a little bit of your motivation coming into college. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, you weren't looking for church. You didn't even know what church was. So then how did you start coming out to church? Yeah, that that's actually a good question. So I, I it's more like I wasn't looking for church, but church found me in a way. Um yeah, so my first experience actually coming out to so like one of these Christian events um was actually ironically through one of my atheist friends. Um so I say he's atheist because um he actually studied um like reasons for atheism and so he he had a pretty strong like worldview in that way. And because he was like, uh, he was really against religion, especially Christianity, he would make fun of it. Um, and then because I was like, I wanted to socially conform as well, I would make fun of it as well. And he thought of this amazing idea um, where one of these Christian groups on campus was hosting a free Korean barbecue welcome night. Um, and I mean, the idea of free Korean barbecue, like who's going to miss out on that? So we both wanted to go, but we knew, well, I didn't know, but he knew that like generally in Christian events, they're going to have like this beginning portion where, that you like listen to. And it sounds like you're, it's indoctrinating you. Uh, so we could miss that and just join for the last five minutes of that event. Uh, and so we went at the last five minutes of the event, uh, took the Korean barbecue and left. Um, so that was an experience of like my first experience exposure to like Christian people i actually didn't interact with much people during that time because i i think when we were in the back seat for like those last five minutes we were just like saying oh man like look at that guy or like uh what's he doing or like man let's just take the cream barbecue now um but then uh i feel like god uh, used that moment because uh about three months or two months later uh one of my friends from that a new friend that i made in my bioengineering course he invited me to a hot pot dinner. So he used my uh, my love for food um, <laughs> to to bring me out because he was like, oh, there's a there's a free hot pot dinner um, at my my friend's place. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Free hot pot. Let's go. Uh, and so I go and then like I, I'm over there and and like there's all that just so happens to be so many Christians and I'm talking with them like every time I'm talking they're like, oh, yeah, like I, I'm like part of this Christian fellowship. And then. I'm curious, like, oh, like, what, what is this fellowship? And they're like, koinonia. And I'm like, koinonia? Why does that <laughs> sound so familiar? And then I realized, oh, shoot, that was the place I stole Korean barbecue from. <laughs> and so I felt pretty guilty. Um, and, and, like, yeah, I, I couldn't do anything about it. So I was like, oh, man, might as well stay. And, and also I was, like, in another home that was uh, 20 minutes away. For, I, I couldn't drive. And, uh, yeah, so I just stayed hung out with them. Um, but that experience was actually quite different um, from what I was used to. Um, yeah, like in high school, like the, the way I really with my friends, it was more like, um, hey, like how do we advance more in our own careers, in our own lives? And purely the, the relationship itself was built on like how do we benefit one another in that way? But then when it came to like talking about or talking with the, the Christians in that um christian fellowship my experience was totally different like i didn't feel like i had to put a guard up to show my best self and often when they were talking um 
yeah, they would ask me questions that were more like personal in a way, like, like, how's your family doing? Like, what, what's your family like? Those weren't questions that I was used to growing up um, because I think most of the, yeah, the conversations I had were purely superficial before. Um, and so I really, I, yeah, there was something different about that. Um, but of course, there were moments when, uh, like, I, I was pretty busy. I didn't come out much, um, like, my whole entire freshman year. Like, sometimes they would ask me if, like, I was interested, but then I got really busy on Friday nights. This, this is usually when we have our Bible studies, Friday nights uh, with climbing. And, uh, yeah, I, I loved climbing at that time. Uh, the, the Friday deal was, like, 10 bucks for, for a student discount. Uh, just to climb that night. So I would pretty much go climbing instead of Bible study. And, and since then, like, yeah, my whole entire freshman year, I didn't really go out to any of the, the Christian events at that time. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's super interesting how, um, like you were saying, uh, so kind of God somehow orchestrated this this series of events where you, you go to Korean barbecue at Koinonia. Koinonia, uh, by the way, for people who don't know what that means, it's the Greek word for fellowship. So we call it Koinonia Fellowship, but it's just Fellowship Fellowship, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then and then the hot pot dinner, which I'm assuming that friend actually wanted to kind of give you some exposure to Christians, and so that's why yeah. that friend invited you. Um, and then um, and then here you are, like you're like, okay, this is interesting. They seem interested in me, but then you're not ready to come to like Christian stuff, right? Like you came to a hot pot dinner, and that's understandable. But I guess people were inviting you during that time. Um, but you're like dude, why are these people keep like texting me? You know, it's like, I want to go climb. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Bible studies happen to be on Friday nights, which is when, you know, a lot of students are, I guess, hanging out and, and doing the things that they do. And for you, that was climbing. And we'll, we'll definitely explore that uh, later in this. Um, Cause I, I think that that part of your life is super interesting. The yeah. whole climbing journey. <laughs> um, but what, okay. So then what, what changed? Okay. So you, you weren't interested at first. Um, in, in becoming Christian or even attending Christian events, uh, besides maybe the free food stuff, um, did something change for you? Like wh what made you then consider, because at some point, like, because uh, I joined Koinonia staff um, when you were a sophomore, I believe. And at yeah. that time you started coming out. I don't remember the exact sequence. So what what happened in your life during that time or, you know, to make you start considering that? Yeah, um, so different life events happened. Um, I think the first main thing that, um, I would like to attribute to is uh, my summer going into sophomore year. Um, so this is when I was like at my like, I was like, wow, this is my first summer as a college student. And I'm like staying around in Berkeley, uh, like just with uh, my roommates. And like I had so much free time that I would spend it like pretty much climbing a lot. Um, and then like watching horror movies as well. And then there was this one moment when I was climbing, I like injured my finger. And then after that injury, I was like, oh, shoot, I have nothing else to do. Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I like I really love climbing that much that like I, I felt actually pretty sad. I was a, a bit depressed uh, at that time. And I was like, oh, man, like I'm here over the summer. I'm wasting my time trying to recover this like tendon injury that I had. And so um, by chance, like the, the people who are like um, like reaching out to me uh, for the Christian fellowship, they like I hadn't like talked with them for like over like two months two or three months they didn't text me during that time but it just so happened that uh one of the mentors at that time reached out to me and was like hey like uh i know at one time you were like coming out to or like a christian event and like we're interested like uh, are you free to like just talk about that and i was like 
oh yeah sure like I, i'm totally free now and he also like uh said he'll like pay for my coffee also and even though i didn't drink coffee i was like free food <laughs> might as well get that uh so I, I went um and talked with him and he he expressed uh how like yeah the they're during the summer they're having like these bible study series and like if i were free um if i'd be able to join uh and because i had a positive experience in the past um with them um and i was totally free because i had injured my finger from climbing i considered actually joining for one of these bible studies for the first time um to actually listen to what the the bible had to say and so i came to the first bible study and one of the earlier messages that I, I remember at that time was um, in Luke 19. It talks about Zacchaeus, the, the um, chief tax collector. So, and he was considered short. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard that Bible study before, it's, it's pretty amazing. But I, I felt pretty addressed, honestly, uh, during that time. Like, I didn't know that the Bible was something like when I thought of the Bible, my conception of the Bible was like, a list of commandments essentially or like a, uh, a fable story but then this was like a story of an encounter with jesus where the the tax collector zacchaeus he um yeah he was considered like short in stature and he like had made it in the world he he was like the chief of tax collectors he like at the top of the, the food chain and for some reason he wasn't satisfied um he wanted something that like yeah he he went after all these things and then in the end didn't got get what he wanted but then um when he heard that jesus was coming um yeah he he like sold all all that he had and and went to find jesus and it, it just just goes to show that like the deepest desire that we have um yeah at that moment like for zacchaeus he he saw that he really jesus is what he needed first uh, more than what he could have earned um, and for me that personally struck because I felt like I was striving after all these things um, in the world and it wasn't satisfying this deep um, desire that I had it, and it wasn't like I was like failing at school like actually I was doing pretty well um, but for some reason every time I was chasing after these things and getting what I wanted um, it didn't fill that like gap that I had in my heart and when the answer in the Bible at least said it was like Jesus is the one who like ultimately gives peace. Um, I, I decided to actually consider um, investing in Christianity for that reason because a lot of what I was chasing after didn't really um, address those bigger questions of like what is my purpose in life? What happens after death? Like these things weren't um, people, uh, things that like uh, jobs didn't have answers to. And so um, I went, uh, like right after someone offered this, um, introduction to Christianity 101, it, it's like, a kind of like, um, you know, like those books, the dummy 101 books for like, uh, coding or something like that. Like, like Christianity for dummies. <laughs> yeah. Christianity for dummies. Like, <laughs> like that, that's, that's the course that they're offering course 101. Um, and to me, like, I was like, oh yeah, might as well like learn the basics because like I'm, I'm making all these assumptions about Christianity might as well like actually learn what it's about and it was only like six chapters so it's pretty short um and so when i took that chapter or like went through the chapters i was learning so many new things i think that was the most shocking um experience in my like i guess soft or undergrad life uh ju just partly because i like my worldview had totally changed like my understanding of genesis like how it was written poetically and not so much 
as like an actual like lab manual how you're, that you're supposed to follow or like um, the historicity of the Bible itself. I was like, who knew that the Bible is like <laughs> historical? Because um, you thought it was all like fables and stuff, right? Yeah, I thought it was purely fables, but then like it's written in history, like archeology, span internal evidence, external evidence. Um, and then like all these like manuscripts, like fun fact, there's like at least 27,000 manuscripts of the New Testament. Like this is the, just the New Testament. And like, I understood what the Old Testament New Testament was at that time. Uh, like I learned about that. And then I also learned what sin was like for me, like when I understood sin before I was like, oh, maybe it's just all the bad things that you do. But no, it's more like our relationship with God, how we severed that. Uh, and so that was um, also mind opening as well. And then I learned about like how I'm that that caught like every person is a sinner. Like I, I didn't know about that that aspect because I thought if you're a good person, then like you're you're good with God. Like even if I like don't even believe in Him, and if I just do good in this world, then like maybe I can make this heaven that exists uh, if it exists. But um, really, it's actually like a relationship. And I learned that God is personal as well. Um, and then that Jesus was a real person. Uh, yeah, that was pretty shocking. Um, because like, yeah, he was on par with, with Santa Claus at that moment uh, before. But then when I learned that, like, no, there are, there's evidence even, um, outside the Bible. So like, uh, different historians mentioned about Christ, Jesus Christ, um, like Tacitus, Flavius, like all these guys, um, they they mention him. Um, and they're, they're like Roman historians, Jewish historians who have no interest in Christianity or like promoting Christianity. And so, yeah, it was pretty neat to see that as well. Uh, and understanding that even like majority of, um, reputable scholars believe that Jesus is also real. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty nice also. Yeah. And, yeah. I think Nicholas is going to teach all of course 101 right now oh, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna just, uh, he's, we, maybe we should just have a course 101 episode and nicholas <laughs> can just tell you everything there is to know so no uh, you know for me this is really refreshing to hear um i'll tell me i'll tell you the reason why it's because uh, a lot of the stuff you're saying like oh uh, yeah like who who jesus is the history of the bible like sin and things like that like I think if you like maybe grew up in church and um maybe you went to like sunday school you maybe heard a lot of this stuff uh, people hear this stuff and, and it kind of doesn't really strike them as amazing but what i'm hearing from your story is like because you didn't have that much background like as you were introduced to the gospel and i think you were kind of spiritually hungry at the time you were seeking for something and maybe you didn't even know what that was but like everything you were learning was just hitting you or you know i guess the word we use in christian circles is like it was convicting you it was like yeah. like what like i didn't know about this you know and 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 when we do ministry and, you know, talk to people and share the gospel, when people have that reaction, that's so refreshing because that's how it should be. And sometimes I find that like those of us maybe who grew up in church, like we, we kind of lose the wonder of it. Or maybe if we've been on staff for a long time, we sort of lose the wonder of the very thing that we're saying. And, but I, I can sense even now, as you kind of remember your story, like how amazing it was as you were like learning these individual things. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. So, so there was course and then, um, so you were kind of learning a lot. And then uh, was there anything else that um, kind of helped you in that journey to becoming a Christian? Yeah. Um, so actually, after Course 101, when I had like that intellectual understanding, um, part of me was still fearful of actually making that decision to follow Jesus because like following Jesus has a cost. Like it's not easy. Uh, and there are things that like you're going to miss out on or feel like you miss out on. 
Um, and so my, my main hang up was like, how can you live Christian life? Like Christian life just seemed too hard, uh, to live. And, and practically speaking, like, even though I, I was seeing like all these, um, older ones trying to live it out, I, because I didn't go out as much. I only saw them in the context of Bible study. I didn't really understand how people live Christian life as well. Um, uh, until coming into Thanksgiving retreat. So Thanksgiving retreat is a retreat that, um, our, our church held, uh, around Thanksgiving time. It's like about three days where um, we go to a site. Um, in this case, it was like one of our church headquarters. And we just give thanks to God, um, just all the things that have happened um, in, in the p- past year. And so like I, I went to actually join that retreat because I was interested in just seeing um, like what happens during retreats. Uh, to begin with. Um, and so I, I went and I was hearing all these different, like amazing, like testimonies by, uh, so testimonies are like these little like stories that people are sharing of how God worked, um, in, in people's lives. And, um, they are talking about their burden for their friends, um, burden for coworkers, uh, trying to share the gospel. And then others were giving thanks for just different ways in which God, um, interceded into their lives. Like, how like different people gave generous love offerings to people anonymously to people who were struggling, uh, struggling financially. Um, that was like something that I was like, Whoa, like that's different. Like that's not normal. Um, and then the, the one story that really hit me the most was actually, um, from one, one of the older mentors, uh, actually turns out to be DP's peer, <laughs> but he, he shared the story, how he worked at like a really massive gaming company called Zynga. Um, he was actually one of the really good developers, um, at that time. And he was actually ministering to, um, some, my peers (laughs) who were struggling with gaming. And then he felt convicted, um, that, um, what he was doing was just, it just, there was a disconnect between what he was doing as his job and then who he was ministering to. And so he made the decision out of a commitment to God, um, to actually give up that job. Uh, and seek another uh, job in another industry because of um, the people he's ministering to who were struggling with video games. Uh, and so when he tried to leave, his boss actually tried to give him uh, a lump sum of cash and give him raises and things like that. Like, I- I'm talking like, I-, I think what I heard was like millions, but I, I mean, like it's a high n- number and like, this is not like an easy value to look over. Um, but then he decided to surrender that. And he said, no, like I, I'm like really committed to God. I want to, um, yeah, be a good witness to these students I'm ministering to. Uh, and when he did that, like, and he, he actually moved over when, as he was sharing the story, I, I was just like, whoa, like that he's willing to give up all that for like Christianity, like God. And like, that means like his convictions are pretty strong. He like really understands like, he like really uh, believes it. Yeah, he really believes it. And I, I mean, like when I heard about Christians in the past, like my understanding was just Sundays. Like you just go on your Sunday, like, um, and then that was it. But then here he is like living it out, like to the to fullest and like really placing his trust in this thing. And I, I that really rocked my own worldview and like helped me to like really consider like, wow, maybe this is something I should consider because like this is, the, the purpose of life, if it's not like money, it's not like career, then like, what is it? And so to him, it was like Christianity. And so I, I really, um, use that moment to actually, uh, reflect and, and, um, go through with course one one again and just really reevaluate 
like, what do I want my life to be about? Um, and I'm so thankful actually what he did because those guys he was ministering to one of them or yeah, maybe yeah, a couple or one of them stayed, uh, and he's actually serving out in the New York church right now. Um, and he's a really good friend of mine as well. So I'm just very thankful for what he did, but yeah, um, as I was reflecting on like course 101, uh, I just saw that like, wow, if, if I died right now, I feel like, yeah, I, I would have massive regrets of how I live my life. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to really consider, um, yeah, Christianity and give it a shot. And when I understood as faith, it, it wasn't so much like you need to have a massive amount of faith to make that step. Um, but it's the object of faith that really matters. And to, when hearing all this evidence for Jesus, hearing what people do for Jesus, like that made me understand that like Jesus is that solid faith or solid object of faith that I can actually rest um, my foot upon and like actually take that step, even though it wasn't a big step that I, I wanted. Like, I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it was a massive step, like from becoming agnostic to Christian. But like for me, if it was like a little step to like, man, I'm going to place my trust in Jesus. I want to do this um, and try to live Christian life because I think this is actually real now. Uh, like this is convicting me. And I remember like making that decision to follow Jesus. Um, I, I went into the, the prayer. Uh, I, I told you, I think, uh, during the um, Thanksgiving retreat, and we started to actually like, we prayed. And then I think that was the first time I saw you cry <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was quite an experience. But yeah, I, I, I felt overall when I coming out of that experience, I was really grateful. Um, I, I just felt this sense of peace afterwards, knowing that, wow, like I have a, a father in heaven who loves me. Like uh, my security, like all that my future is secured uh, and I don't have to strive after these things to gain significance because God calls me significant. Like all these things were just so amazing to me that like there, there was no other, like, I guess, proper response than to just give praise and thanksgiving during that time. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's it's, it's bringing back memories for me too. Cause I forgot some of the details around this, but man, as you're saying it, I just, I'm, I'm brought back to that time and, um, man, I, you know what I really appreciate? So, you know, you, you, you talked about my, my peer's story, you know, the, the one about him quitting, quitting Zynga. And I remember when he did that, that was, it was shocking to all of us. It was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, wait, you're really going to do that? Cause, um, yeah, as much as I agreed with his decision, cause the, 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 the reasoning behind this decision was so sound. It was, you know, he, he's working for this like gaming empire company and he has these students that he's trying to love and shepherd and disciple. And some of them are struggling with gaming addiction and you know, like um, video games are fun, but man, it can, it has, it has this power to like destroy people's lives. And, um, I don't know. And it's just, I don't know, like, frankly, from my perspective, it's just a waste of time. But, um, and so, but yeah, he had like a really good gig. Like, and you mentioned he, like this guy was like interviewed on NPR, like he, for, for like his coding prowess. I, I don't understand how someone can be so good at coding, but anyways, apparently he is. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and so then like he had moved to the Bay area just for that job, you know, cause he had, he had gone to school at, in Seattle and yeah. And then he decided to just, just give it all up. And, and like you mentioned, like people, the company was like trying whatever they could throwing whatever at him to try to get him to stay. Uh, but he decided to not do that out of his conviction. And what I, what I really appreciate about your story is that you heard that story because he was just sharing his experience. And, and your response was not to be intimidated by that or to be like, wait, what the heck? Like, I, I can't do that. But it was more 
to be inspired, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 to say, okay, that's not normal. What that guy did is not normal. And he must really believe that this is true. And he must really love this person of Jesus. And and in some ways, I think it, for me, it shows that you're an inspirable person, which is something I think I've appreciated about you over the years. And I think that quality in a Christian is really important because we're supposed to be inspired by who Jesus is, like the great lengths mm -hmm. to which he went to love people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and so um, I, I had a bunch of like questions that, that I was gonna ask you about your faith in college, but maybe we'll have to do that in another episode, but maybe we can just do this. Um, what's like, so you became Christian, that was sophomore year? Uh, so that was like yeah, that no, November, so that was Thanksgiving retreat sophomore year, mm -hmm. so November. Um, so from then to the end of college, like, could you just maybe tell us about one spiritual low point? Of, um, and then what's, what was one spiritual high point? And just kind of uh, highlight that for us. Yeah. Um, so one spiritual low point for me uh, during my undergrad. So after you become Christian, like there, there's like this honeymoon phase, essentially, where like, you're, you're running a spiritual high for a bit. Uh, but then obviously, like there, there's things that kick in, like you still have to do your like homework, <laughs> Like homework is still there. Shoot. Um, <laughs> they're like different hobbies are still existing. Um, and so like one, one thing that I was struggling with a lot, like I played so many video, like this is a podcast maybe for, for later. Yeah, but the like, video games keep coming up. Yeah. We're definitely going to do another episode. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I, I was really addicted to video games. And even after, like after be became Christian for the first time, like I stopped playing video games for like about five months. But then there, there are like moments like you're just sitting in your dorm and like, you have nothing else to do. And like, well, there's video games <laughs> uh, to fill up that time. And so like my summer in, in junior year, um, after like uh, not having played for a bit, um, a new game came out of like this uh, series that I really liked beforehand. It was like called Dragon Quest. Uh, and it was Dragon Quest Nine that came out. And I was, it was all on PC and it looked so cool. And I was like, oh man, like I just want to try it out. Like I just, let's, let, let, me, let me just uh, buy it. It was like on Steam just came out pre-released uh, and I, I bought it and I started playing it. And then I just went back into my old habits of just like totally zoning out everyone. Like when I was playing that game, I didn't really interact with much people. Um, not even my brother, my family at all. And like, um, yeah, during that time, it, it, yeah, I wasn't being a good witness uh, because usually when, when I'm at home, I try to be like a good Christian witness. My parents, the old, my mom had well fun fact my mom became christian after i be, had become christian independently independently of me but like um my dad wasn't christian at that time my brother wasn't even christian and so yeah that that was a really spiritually low moment for me because like at that time like i i was escaping into this world of like fantasy um role playing and things like that that like really pulled me away from like growing in my faith and um learning to love others and so yeah, that, that was a tough time um, coming back uh, after I felt pretty guilty, <laughs> uh, to say the least, uh, knowing that like, wow, I, I did not use my time wisely at all. And like, um, maybe that contributed to why like my relationship with my brother isn't as great as it could have been. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that I regret about that time. Um, very spiritually low moment for me. Um I guess to, to contrast that um, one of the higher moments. Well, uh, yeah. maybe before you go into the higher moments, I, I do want to, I mean, because video games keeps coming up. So I, I do feel like maybe you should talk about it a little bit. And um, 
because um, you know video video games like games and nowadays you know there's pc but but there's like phone and there's all sorts of things right so yeah um i mean like all things considered like video games is kind of a morally neutral thing right it's like mm -hmm. it, it's not that video games are evil in and of themselves except maybe some of them are because of the content yeah you know, that some of the some of them have and we and we've been talking about this during one of the first corinthians bible studies and first corinthians 6 right but um you know we talk about how all things are are lawful like that's what the corinthians were claiming right and then paul shoots right back but not everything is helpful right um and and then so that's kind of one of the ways in which we're supposed to reason as christians about like how to live maturely so wh what was like because you know you were even saying like you felt like really guilty after playing all these video games and things like this. So what, what was it about that that was pricking your conscience? Like, okay, yeah, video games are neutral, but like, why is it sometimes not neutral in the way that it actually plays out in people's lives or maybe how it played out in your life? Yeah, um, so the moment it became like not neutral for me. So like, I, I think like from my experience, because I know I have like this addictive pattern, um, it, like what happened was like, I, I didn't really, uh, my, my main priority during that time was just to play video games. And I didn't really consider God at all. Like during that time, I didn't consider what it would might do with my own faith as well. Like um, my understanding of the, the whole entire world was like totally shifting in, in, in the sense that like, wow, there's no longer a spiritual battle, but no, there's this online battle that I need to engage <laughs> with. Um, and, and it became, yeah, it, it was toxic in the sense that like it was affecting not just my own spiritual life, like my own convictions of who God is, um, what's the purpose of my life. Um, but it was also being a, like, not a good witness to my non-Christian family as well, who like, um, if I were uh, trying to evangelize to like my brother or my dad, like to say like, wow, God is real. Like this is like thing you should seek after uh but then they see me playing video games the whole entire time like what what does that communicate it's like there's a huge disconnect and like i guess hypo hypocrisy in that moment so um yeah that that was uh the, the moment when i knew like like I, I was guilty and i wasn't being like we use this term like steward of time like we have limited time on this earth um it, especially like after you you go into college and you start working you have limited time with your family as well um, and to be a steward, like God, uh, like the Bible talks about like stewardship, like, um, in second Timothy two, it talks about, um, what God has entrusted to you, like these things entrustment, like we've been given this gospel. And yet, um, when, when I'm, or like you're given in this case, I was given time. I was given time, time by God to, to try to minister to my family. Uh, but then I was spending that time elsewhere in, in this fantasy world that like, doesn't really produce much value mm. other than just give me like like personal pleasure or yeah something. personal pleasure mm. that, yeah and so i i knew that that was wrong as well because i i really took that identity of like being a, a soldier for christ like seriously but then when that like the video games like took that identity away from me that like i knew that that was bad <laughs> mm. yeah yeah so so what i'm hearing is that um uh, a part of the issue with the video games is that it, it's sort of it creates sins of omission. There's like all these things we should be doing now that we're mm -hmm. uh, children of God, now that we're soldiers for Christ, we're ambassadors for Christ. Like we have uh, not just a new identity, but actual roles that God has given us. And and then when you get sucked into 
uh, the, the pattern of gaming again and spending hours a day doing that, that's hours a day that you're not doing certain things that God has called us to do. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah. And, and it just, as you were talking, it reminded me of that proverb from Proverbs 28, where it says, uh, whoever works his, works, his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Right. And I think worthless pursuits can be a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. I think for some people it's uh video games comes to mind, right? It's sort of, yeah, it's a pursuit. It's something it's fun even, right? It's super fun. I mean, I used to play, play games too, but at some, some point we have to kind of like grow out of that or, you know, we have to recognize that, wow, there's, there, there's like work that God has entrusted to us and we have to engage in that. And, and then, and then I think you sort of alluded to this, but it does something to our hearts as well in terms of kind of not making us interested in other people, not making us even interested in God. Right. And there's a certain deadening of our heart that happens um, uh, when people get into whatever it is. Like if, for you, it was video games, but gosh, it's not you know, just about video games, right? Like it can be anything, right? Any, and that's what we call idols, right? Like yeah. things that replace God. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. Um, so now co- coming back to um, the, uh, the earlier point. So, what were some of the spiritual high points? I think that's where you were going. Yeah. Um, so, some spiritual high points um, actually happened when. I took like this step of faith and um, like not really prioritizing my own academics, but uh, spending my time to like serve different service opportunities, essentially. Um, so there's something that we do called like VDoc. Um, it's like a Valentine's Day of compassion um, that we do as a church to pr- pretty much love um, the elderly um, because during like Valent- Valentine's Day, a lot of the focus, at least from pop culture media, is like uh, you, like your significant other. But then, a lot of people are neglected during that time, especially the elderly. Uh, and so that really broke my heart. Like when I saw that there were these elderly people who, like, I mean, their time is short. Like it's it's really short. And so I just felt this sense of burden for for these elderly care or elderly um, people, and actually one of the ministries I really wanted to do after graduating was elderly care ministry uh, for that reason. And that was a high point for me because that's when I really caught the vision of like, wow, like this, their time is short and we need to like do something now to like really uh, share the gospels with that, with as many people as possible. Um, another um, high point um, was a mission trip as well. When I went to um, Thailand summer, um, I think it was, oh man, I forgot which summer. Summer going into junior year, potentially, like pro- the first part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was 2017, summer 2017. 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was with DP during that time. Uh, also, yeah, we, we went on a mission trip, a group of 12. That was really fun. Like all you do, your focus is like hit the ground running, go there, share the gospel with, with as many people as possible. And you're not going to like, most people you're you're meeting you're not going to see again and so there's this sense of even greater ur- urgency um to go out and and that's when i was like wow like i could do this for the rest of my life uh type of moment and i felt like really connected with god during that time as well um they're they're also like seeing my friends become christian that was a really spiritual high mo- mm-hmm. moment as well like <laughs> just knowing their backgrounds like it they were like yeah totally a pagan, <laughs> I would say the least. But then when they became Christian and, and seen them serve, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like God works miracles in people's lives. Like, yeah, this is truly not something that like any other thing I, I've seen happen, like could do. And so um, I was personally like 
really inspired by those moments as well. Um, and so, yeah, those were like, I guess the main highlights of my spiritual uh, high points from college. Hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of uh, moments where you where you learn to give out, where you learn to do ministry, share the gospel, um, step out in faith and let, like talk about what you believe with people. And you fell in love with that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you saw how it was impacting not just your life, but your friends' lives as they became saved. And then you saw transformation and, and then you got to do it together, right? And then yeah. it, it was exciting. So it, it, did that kind of play into your decision to, because obviously you, I guess after college, you decided to, stay on and um you know i guess that was the summer you know we graduated you off and then we moved to chicago to plant the church and and you stayed on uh, to be part of the the staff team can you tell me just a little bit about like you know why you chose to do that um make that transition yeah um so it was yeah i wasn't too sure whether i was going to stay at this church because like originally in my senior year i was kind of teetering back and forth i was like man, like I had such a great experience here, but like maybe real life starts now. Like maybe like after I graduate, I could like go get my job and like find another church. But then when I reflected on just these past three years that I've been um, coming out consistently, I realized that, wow, God has placed in my life so many relationships. Uh, He has introduced uh, different people to me to help me grow in my faith. And um, yeah, I think one thing I didn't really like I, I took for granted was that like our church um, has a huge focus on like our personal relationship with God, uh, focusing on devotions as well as evangelism as well. Um, and when I heard different people's uh, stories um, uh, who went to other churches, it's not always that case. Um, it's more like, oh, you go on Sunday and then maybe you have one life group in the middle of the week. But then, um, yeah, in terms of like where people are living, there people are like, miles away from one another and so they're not seeing each other in each other's homes which was uh but like in in grace point like people were in each other's homes there's like this rule called the refrigerator rights like you could go into someone's home and take whatever you want from the fridge like that that was like super like something that i didn't really think about but i was like wow this is like a really amazing culture that i want to be a part of and add to it as well Uh, and so um yeah i couldn't really like give that up for like uh, if I wanted to find a new job, like I shouldn't just give it up so easily. And so I actually had to reflect on that and consider like giving up my old internship return offer because it was too far. And I wanted to be near um, the people who were like uh, I was growing in faith with and serving alongside with. And also that mission to share the gospel. Like, wow, we have so many resources that we're building. We have many new ideas that we want to do to share the gospel and, and, as we, I hear different people being saved. Like this year, we've had at least 555 salvations. Like, wow, we, we can we can do work if we like actually like obey God's calling. So um, that, that, that was the reason I wanted to stay um, because of all that was going on uh, with, um, yeah, just growing in faith as well as like evangelism. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned how like, you know, it's, it's not like a knock to other churches in terms of like, oh, like, you know, because I, th- I think pastors and church leaders are heroically trying to, um, you know, have people live out the faith and, um, you know, and they do church service and small groups, which we also do. Like, we believe in that stuff. Um, I think we had the unique advantage, kind of almost as an accident of history that we were planted by a college campus. And, and because of that, you know, the, the kind of daily rhythms of college life where you kind of are in each other's homes and each other's dorms. And, um, 
you know, we, we got like we experienced that on the college campus, and we kind of decided to kind of keep that culture, and because we realized how healthy that was, how biblical that was, and so yeah, I'm personally thankful that you know I I got to experience that in college, and and, and now you know wherever we are now here we are in Chicago, and we're trying to continue continue to live that way, live that way, you know, live the Acts two church, which. Um, definitely we'll need to do another episode on that. So man, just have so many ideas right now, writing all these down. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to try to wrap up uh, in the next uh, five minutes or so. And um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll ask you this, okay? Because um, I, I guess you have a unique vantage point um, in some ways because you knew me. So I knew you as an undergrad, but then you also knew me as a younger leader. Um, you know, before I was full-time events, I was a co-vocational minister back then. I worked at Salesforce when I was ministering to you guys. Um, and I can imagine, um, some of our students ask, wanting to ask you, so what was DP and Cata like, or maybe we can just focus, you know, we don't have too much time. So just focus on me uh, for this set of questions. But, um, what, what was the DP like when you were, when I was young? (laughs) I feel very vulnerable asking (laughs) you this question. Oh boy. All right. I'll I'll give you the mic here, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, let me first describe one of my earliest memories of him. Um, we were playing this game. Um, I, I forgot what it was called, honestly. I, it was I don't called, remember what the game was. Yeah, though. but we were in like two rooms and we were all sitting on chairs. And then part of the game involved you like standing up and sitting down. Um, and I didn't know DP too well at that time, but I just remember he stood up and sat down and one of those like Costco metal chairs just broke. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what that means, but that... <laughs> Dang, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever seen that chair broken. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I just, I didn't, I, my memory of it is that I didn't stop. I just, I was sitting, the sitting motion just continued all the way to oh the floor. <laughs> yeah, so I, in, like physically speaking, I was pretty intimidated by that, <laughs> but it was pretty hilarious also as well. So yeah, that, that helped uh, lighten the mood quite a bit. Um, that's but, funny because that's Jeanette, your wife. That's her first impression of me. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there were some other things I heard about DP as well. Like there's this term called like beast feast. Oh, um, and like, I think it was coined like after 9 p.m. and you have another meal. Hence the the term beast feast because you, you like you don't eat another meal usually after 9 p.m. But then um, yeah, he told us all these stories like how he made like this five fat sauce like pasta. <laughs> it was like uh, butter, bacon oil, like all, just pretty much like all the it's like it's just carbonara carbonara yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and you would eat that and then like our our friends would try to like make fun of dp like when we made the staff appreciation video we did a beast feast montage where we had like four hands with fries and it was just all going into the guy who was representing <laughs> dp at that time um yeah so like i i just knew he like that like beast feast mode he also really enjoyed ice cream uh, or what I thought he like really enjoyed ice cream. Like one of our vision trips that we went to, like we went to Michigan and like literally every day we had ice cream. Like <laughs> that was the most ice cream I've ever eaten in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy, he loves food. I think that's what I was concluding. Like he really loves food. <laughs> I, do, I do. That hasn't changed. <laughs> and it hasn't changed. But yeah, I, I mean, I love food too. So I, I, I really appreciated that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like seriously speaking, he, he was also like uh um, pretty awesome mentor. Like, I, I think one thing that I really appreciate was like, he was like kind of like a second spiritual father or like a spiritual father to me. So like a second father, uh, he, he mentored me a lot, taught me, uh, how to live Christian life, um, in a way that was pleasing to God, um, how to grow in my own, um, Christian journey. And then as well as like, 
um, how to love others. And so I, I grew a lot during that time and I can expand more on that later, maybe in another podcast, but like, yeah, I, I think just him being an older figure in my life, um, and having so much wisdom for, from just like eight years of more experience than me. So like, and, and having lived Christian life for eight years longer than me. And yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I've, I've matured to be the person that I am today because of him. And so I'm very grateful uh, for that as well. And part of the reason why I also wanted to go out to Chicago was because I could be with him as well uh, to, to be in the same ministry group. So yeah, uh, that's part of uh, what, what he was like in the undergrad. Oh, and he really loved his black Kia car. Um, I remember going inside it. It was like, it had a coconut smell. I really didn't like coconut, but <laughs> it was a pretty nice car. <laughs> yeah, I missed that car. Um, yeah, <laughs> thanks for sharing that, Nicholas. I didn't pay him to say any of that stuff, by the way. So, um, yeah, it's it's really neat that we're out, out here sh- serving in Chicago together. I really appreciate kind of the, yeah, the history that we have, you know, got to see each other. I think you, you got to see me through my first... Uh, I guess like from when I got married and then after I had Emma too. Yeah. I remember I have memories of you playing with Emma when she was an infant in my living room. And when we were like really like struggling from lack of sleep and probably didn't make any yeah. sense in your senior year of college. But um, yeah, those are really sweet times to remember. Um, so maybe to end off, um, I've been asking you a bunch of questions. Um, so now we'll turn it around and do a little reverse interview and give you a chance to ask me maybe just like one or two one or two questions okay. um, and we'll wrap up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, because you were my, my leader at that time, like uh, what was it like ministering to me? <laughs> Cause I know like you probably saw me through like my, my before Christian days to after Christian to trying to become more Christian. Like, yeah. How was that? Like, what was I like during that time? How was that experience? Yeah. You know, I'm blessed with, um, bad memory. So <laughs> a lot of details, but no, what I do remember is, um, I, I actually remember a distinct conversation I had with Kata. Um, I, f- I forget what year you were. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure this was like maybe right around the time you were, it might've been like right after you became Christian. And kind of, I think you went through that period that you were describing where you were kind of struggling uh, through some stuff and uh, trying to, and, and that's, and that's a common experience. Like after someone becomes a Christian, they, they have to now like, try to live it out and and there's some struggle involved in that um and i remember talking with kata and, and saying man like nicholas like he's this kind of guy who he's so disciplined like and he, when he wants something like he's gonna go get it um and and i remember you just have like old, nearly photographic memory <laughs> so like <laughs> which is kind of dangerous actually because you remember like everything about our interactions so. <laughs> but anyways um so <laughs> i remember telling her man if if we can get him to get excited about jesus I think he'll be a force for good in this world. And so, uh, yeah, and I'm thankful that in some ways I'm seeing that play out, you know? Um, I, I've seen you take steps of faith. And so so for me, like, it was, it's it's like when I watched you kind of take your different steps of faith, it was, I could see God working in your life. I could see it was the Holy Spirit convicting you because I, I honestly didn't feel like it was anything we were doing. I mean, yeah, we were, I'm sure we were doing a lot. Like, you know, we, we were meeting with you guys constantly. We had Bible studies, we had prayer meetings. I mean, we were teaching you a lot. We were feeding you a lot, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but just pouring out into you guys. But like, I don't know, like somehow when people make decisions to like, oh, I want to take God seriously in this, or hey, I want to take the step of faith by <clears throat> like going on this mission trip, or I want to let go of this like idol in my life. Like whenever that happens, it's, 
frankly, to me, it's it's a it's a wonder. It's it's some it's that person responding to what the Holy Spirit is doing in their heart. And so I, I think I got to see that clearly in your life. And so uh, for me, um, you know, during that period, it was actually a time when I was struggling with some other things. I, I you know, like you know, I was I was fighting with my parents about some things during that time. And so it was kind of an emotionally really draining period for me. But I actually got a lot of strength out of ministering to you and, and to your class during that period. So um, y- you guys were in some ways kind of like we viewed it as God encouraging us through you guys. And you probably don't view yourself in that way as you think <laughs> about that time. But that is, that is actually how I, how I process that time for myself personally. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't know about that. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I guess last question is uh, I, I know in my um, senior year, you became full-time and uh, that was pretty shocking to me. Um, just knowing that you were like pretty high up there also, like, in Salesforce and then all of a sudden um, you became full-time. And so my question is like, why did you want to become a full-time uh, college minister? Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 we talked about, we kind of talked about this topic at length in the in the last episode with uh, that I recorded with Tof. But I think my short answer to like why I wanted to become full-time was because um, I think there was a, a, I think I was always open to it. Um, and there was a kind of, a good synergy or a match between, um, I guess the the giftings that I had or the things that I could offer the church and the need that the church had at the time, and and I think just the timing worked out in, in, in a way where you know the church was looking for more guys, more brothers to go full time and to become church planters, and I was I think at the right point in my development as a minister, right? I had been in college ministry for about six or seven years already um, had led your guys's class, led a small group, kind of learned to teach on a, on a weekly basis, uh, teach Bible study and things like that. And, and it's it sort of just seemed like the natural next step for me. And, um, and, and, and Kat and I had been talking about it for a while. Um, I, you know, I talked about it in the last episode, but I, I even asked her about it when we were dating. So um, when the, when the opportunity came up, I just, for me, it was, uh, it was God offering it to me. God saying like, hey, do you want to trust me in this? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I'm always telling the students that they have to take steps of faith, right? I'm the people I'm ministering to. And so for me, when those opportunities come up for myself, I have to say yes, mm-hmm. you know? And not, not just because the students, but because I think that's just what I'm called to do. Like, I think God wants me to trust him yeah. in whatever he offers me. So I just over the years, I think I've just learned to say yes to those opportunities that come up. So. Oh, amen. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks, Nicholas. Is there anything, um, any last thoughts you want to leave the uh, audience with? Just based on our discussion today, we talked about a lot about your kind of personal journey, but any lessons or advice that you want to leave? Yeah, um, I guess to wrap up, just one thing I would encourage you, if, like if you're having trouble with your own spiritual life, like um, what really helped me was just trying to serve and love other people. I think once you get out of yourself and like of your own struggles and um, what you're internally thinking and you try to actually love others. Um, it, it does something to your heart. It like, it, it makes you more of a loving person and it also helps you get out of that mood um, of like down on, like feeling down as well. And so I'd really encourage um, whoever's listening to like, yeah, take steps of faith uh, of trying to love, trying to share the gospel with others and, and try to do it with other people as well. That really helps as well. Um, and I think you'll experience Christian life being more living and active than, um, yeah, what you may have experienced in the past. 
Amen. All right, thanks, Nicholas. Yep. We're gonna um, we're gonna wrap up here now. Let me uh, try cueing my out outro music here. Here we go. Ooh. Oh no, it's not working. Ooh. Oh, there we go. There we go. So, anyways, um, yeah. So that was uh, our first attempt at doing BTS behind the staff, telling stories behind uh, how the staff got to where they are right now. And um, hey, if you guys have any uh, questions that you want answered or topics that you want covered in the podcast, I, I really want your feedback. Um, so you can do that. Um, if you look at the sh the uh, show notes or look at the the podcast description, you'll see a little Bitly link bit.ly slash dpod hyphen ama okay so dpod ask me anything and you can submit your questions or your topics there all right well that's it for today have a good day